There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Uh, wonderful to be back with you again for uh, yet another week. And um, I'm delighted I'm, that I'm going to be welcoming back a favorite guest of mine from um, probably just over a year ago now when I interviewed uh, Judy Robinette. Uh, we were talking about, uh, about power connecting at that time, and it was a fantastic interview full of loads and loads of wisdom, insights, ideas about uh, how to uh, build your connections around the world and how to uh, how to uh, help people um, so that uh, they want to help you. And I really remembered it and found it very valuable myself. So I'm excited to have Judy on the show again. Now, before I introduce you to Judy, I'd like to say a huge thank you to my guest last week. We had Chris Ruisi on the show. And Chris was talking about managing your boss. And I think we've done 320 shows now on, on Voice America. And we've not really talked about the importance of of managing upwards and uh, you know the challenges that can make it mean if you don't get on with your boss so some great tips and ideas it's a really important relationship in your life um, your boss and we know that 70% of people leave their boss not their companies so if you're thinking how do I get on with this new boss or, or I'm not getting on with mine very well then go back and listen to that recording um, I was thinking about this week. I've um, had a lot of focus this week on 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 sales, and I'm really finding uh, my friend Anthony Steers, who'd been on the show a few weeks ago, and uh, the telephone assassin. He was suggested to me that um, as a business, we should have like a point system for our our sort of uh, converting our sort of kind of sales pipeline, and that's really really helped us all actually in terms of uh, moving ourselves forward and getting very focused to uh, move things along. And I've also been doing loads and loads of work um, with this sales navigator in LinkedIn and. And we have Business Growth Bureau on Rupert Honeywood not long ago talking about that. And uh, I think there's been some you know, real insights for us, not least that in terms of coaching, we realized by using Sales Navigator, there's probably more coaches out there than clients. So if you're a coach, I think what you need to do is really, really differentiate yourself. And I think the other thing is that there was just so many connections, opportunities, and I'm sure G- uh, Judy would support me in that out there. And there, if you can just develop relationships and nurture, nurture those relationships and they're about giving rather than receiving, uh, then that's got to put you in the right direction. So I wonder today, we're going to talk about you know, that point where perhaps sales revenue is kind of happening for you. Uh, maybe you've got a you know concept that's working well, or maybe you're starting something from fresh, but you, you've hit perhaps a rich vein or see great potential in something. And you're thinking, I could do with some more money to really leverage this and make it worth, uh, work well. So uh, I have uh, Judy Robinette. Uh, she, as I mentioned, she's a fabulous guest and she's helped entrepreneurs to find needed capital connecting them with venture capitalists, angel investors, uh, family offices, and other funding sources, and then guiding them through the deal-making and the due diligence process for over 30 years now. And she's a business thought leader. She's, As I mentioned, she's been on the show before, um, and we, she's um, been profiled in the street, Vogue, CBS, NBC, Forbes, The Washington Post, Bloomberg mm-hmm. Business Week. I could go on and on. She's the author of How to Be a Power Connector, the 550. 150 rule which i'd strongly recommend i love that book i thought it was really really helpful book and now her latest book crack the funding code so if it's on your radar right now get a pen and paper out right now because you're going to come get lots of ideas and thoughts about how you can uh, really crack this funding code so huge welcome today to judy robinette thank you i'm just delighted to be here you're welcome. Good to good to hear your voice again, Judy. Yes, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's been. I just didn't have a check back. I think it's certainly been well over a year, hasn't it, since we we last spoke? Yeah, I think it's probably longer than that. My other book came out in 2014, but ah. uh, but that's okay. I you know I've always remembered you, and you're just such an excellent. Uh, uh, host and guest and uh, all of it combined I had you know and I've often told people how wonderful this show is and you as a thought leader personally you know I've been on lots of these and a lot of the people you know they do it and they have some opinions but you know you're the real deal so I'm delighted to be here. 
Oh, thank you. That's uh, so so kind of you. And uh, maybe maybe you're the reason why we were the biggest show on the network last year. So. <laughs> I, I doubt that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not me. I'm sure it's. Uh, it's you know, I, I, I would guess it's you. And congratulations. You know, thank you. Thank congratulations. You so so great to chat to you again. And uh, just remind us. I love to ask people kind of where they where they where they live and from. And, and I've asked you this question before, but uh, it's always it's always great to be able to put a location to the person I'm talking to. Yeah, so I'm I'm in a little teeny tiny town in in Idaho, and if people out there saw the movie Napoleon Dynamite, I went to that high school. Ah, okay. And so you know I'm kind of out in the boonies, and I've got four horses in the backyard and fourteen pet hens. So I'm uh, about two hours from Salt Lake. I, I spend a great deal of time, as you know, in in New York and uh, London, and and suddenly Belgrade. So that's where I'm at. That's I remember. I remember going to Salt Lake uh, years and years ago, and just going into that tabernacle and hearing them drop a pin on the table, and how it kind of resonated across the whole space. Yeah, um, yeah. Quite, quite amazing acoustics in that uh, in that place, and quite an amazing place to live. So, Ida, if so, I mean, Salt Lake is very dry and barren. Is is Idaho the same? Um. You know, we are high desert, and so we're uh, similar, but I'm three hours from Yellowstone National Park and Jackson Hole, Wyoming, so I'm right on the the base of the Wasatch Mountains. I'm just a few minutes from five different canyons, which I go riding in, Uh, so two hours, it's similar, it's uh, it's similar. I'm so I'm so jealous. I remember having a, a wonderful couple of days in Jackson Hole and uh, and Yellowstone is just beautiful as well, isn't it? Yeah, what a great place to be. Great place you've got horses as well, I imagine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been doing then since the last time we spoke? What's been on your radar the last? Oh uh, my gosh, Chris, you you talk about you know the first book and being generous and helping people. I I was invited on a diplomatic mission to go to Belgrade and and they said, you know, we need someone that's got entrepreneur chops that can, you know, help founders and and particularly in, in the environmental space. And I thought, environmental space, I haven't done anything like that, but I decided I would go and just see if I could be helpful. And uh, my friend Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank fame called and said, Judy, if you're going to Belgrade, I want you to meet this uh, fellow named Yvonne Dimoff, who has a company called Easygoing. Tell me, A, what his character is, and B, what his business model, if it's sound. Uh, Medium was so impressed. I'm now part of that company. I've helped bring them to the United States. We've got offices in Rockefeller Plaza. Um, I've helped them with their, their funding, and, and it's been real intriguing to watch people from outside the U.S. come in and to figure out the difference in business, regulatory stuff. And then through him, I was introduced to Sergei Shalom, who is originally from Moscow, Russia, who was a millionaire as a teenager and uh, uh, got really frustrated with how the gaming industry worked and has started a totally disruptive company called G Nation. And so I've been working with him with the United Nations and the majority of the funds they receive will be donated to, for the, the good of those goals. So, you know, doing some work with Walmart. And so those things have been really exciting for me. And then, of, of course, the book. Well, that sounds a, a perfect uh, step in then to ask you, why did you choose to write it and why now? Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, Chris, I couldn't stand everywhere I go in the world. I meet really smart entrepreneurs or business owners who need to get to that next level um, and and they're totally frustrated, feeling like they're running this maze and they can't figure out where the cheese is. And so I decided I would write it and simplify uh, much of this, you know, ecosystem. Every ecosystem has their own, you know, weird terms and, you know, hair on the deal and, and does the dog eat the dog food and make it simple pathway so people can figure out uh, and, you know, the main core is there's no lack of resources, $269 trillion of private global wealth. And that's the family and friends pot. So there's really no lack of money. There's no lack of information and ideas. But people, um, you know, find getting funded difficult because it's, it's hard to kind of get into those inner circles. Mm. So, so through this book and through your experience, what you're you're kind of doing is you're sharing the kind of inner secrets, are you, of how this is done? Yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, you know, I've always known that it is going to be the the entrepreneurs, the founders that change the world a bit. And Clayton Christensen has a new book out called The Prosperity Paradox, where he talks about trillions of dollars in aid be, being given to African countries, and now they're worse off than they were before. And he talks about that's the top-down model, and the bottom-up has to be the entrepreneurs. And so I really hope to change the world a bit, to educate people so that they've got a, a good chance of success. Um, and uh, the, so that's why I did it. I, I really wanted to share the knowledge that I've learned and to make it uh, a good roadmap for people to follow. Excellent. That's, that, that sounds fantastic. And uh, so what, what's your, I mean, what's your legacy then? What do you, what do you want to, what, what ultimately will you, uh, you know, have, have what do you want to achieve and have left? Because, I mean, it seems to me that you, you know, you've got these amazing connections all over the globe. You're doing amazing things with, you know, the likes of Kevin Harrington and uh, and these uh, millionaires and billionaires that you, you know and work with. I mean, uh, what's, uh, what do you think you'll look back on and, uh, and one day and say, actually, you know, I achieved that? Yeah, so I would have never guessed in 100 years <laughs> I would write one book and I, I swore I'd never do two. Uh, but, um, you know, I just want to use the skills that I feel like I have to help other people to achieve their visions or their, their goals. And, um, so that's, that's really it. So, so I'm, you know, I'm, I, if I was a, you know, a wealthy investor and I'm looking to part with money to put into, um, opportunities where, uh, you know, that investment can develop and grow how do you get into you know that kind of a mindset if you're if you're seeking funding how do you really understand what somebody who's investing money uh, is really thinking we've got about four minutes to a commercial break now yeah so um so the the best thing would be to visit some of the local angel groups there's angel groups all over the world you can visit incubators um, the, the thing that people don't understand is when they hear your pitch, they, they're trying to figure out, have you mitigated the risk to them as the investor? So you literally have to put your, your shoes on and think about this person uh, as my customer. And you can Google, you can find articles, you can find information. In my book, I talk about there's two things that set you apart as a high potential startup. Number one, being clear on your exit strategy. And 95% of exits are strategic sales. But the second is mitigating risk as viewed by the investor. And they want their money back. Uh, they want to be clear that you can, you can execute. And um, I can, uh, I'll, I'll forward a couple of titles of books. One's written by Howard Stevenson, who's the Harvard business uh, entrepreneur leader, who talks about how, how, you, how you learn to invest in companies. And I think that's something that would be helpful. Yeah, and it's not something we're necessarily taught, is it? No. You've got, kind of, you've got to kind of work this maze out or, you know, follow somebody like yourself who's been through it and experienced it. Well, and most people are happy to help you, Chris. And, you know, all of the colleges, universities have programs. There's a thousand incubators of, of, around the world. And the angel investors, the good thing about them is they've been successful and they really want to coach you. They, they really want to help you. And, you know, I know a lot of people go in thinking, oh, I'm going to begging for money. Well, everybody knows you're broke. You need the money. Uh, but on the other hand, they need a good deal. That's their problem. They need to find a good deal. And they, you know, they, they stay up nights worried about their deal flow. And so you're solving their problem. Mm, and I guess... Uh uh, you know the, some of the technology. When, when we, you very kindly introduced me to Kevin, and Kevin was on the show, and he was talking about how, you know, now the, you know, the challenge that somebody like Kevin has, and I'm sure maybe you have that as well, is, you know, there's so many people coming to you. It's you've got to be discerning, haven't you, to find the right, the yeah. right opportunities that are going to mitigate your risk and out of uh, you know a huge mass and sea of people who are approaching you. Yeah, and you know, Kevin will call me and say, "Go check out this person," and people do that. Um, and because they don't want to waste their, their time and, and their energy and certainly their money. But you as a founder or a, a business owner can position yourself so that happens pretty seamlessly. 
Okay, we're going to go to commercial break now. And after the commercial break, we'll we'll ask Judy about uh, the three C's that investors seek. And we're also going to have a look at things like, you know, the roadmap that you need to take to secure funding and really stand out when, uh, you know, amongst that uh, you know, see of opportunity that is coming towards investors so that uh, you ultimately, uh, you know, clench a great opportunity. So I'll be back with you again and uh, Judy will in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm talking to Judy Robinette, and we're we're talking about cracking the funding code. And uh, during the break, uh, Judy and I were talking about uh, her trip to Belgrade, and you were saying you actually got to visit the Royal Palace. Yes, it was it was amazing. Both the White Palace and the Royal Palace, and went to dinner. Um, there were six of us, and it was uh, kind of awe inspiring to to sit on the right side of of the prince and be eating and looking around the wall at millions of dollars of artwork. <laughs> it was just wow. it was like uh, surreal and. Uh, um, you know, the prince is the godson of, of Queen Elizabeth, and so we're apparently going to be going to Buckingham Palace. And, you know, some days I, I'm just so humbled with these things, and it's come up from, you know, really helping people and adding value, and then you get invited to stuff you would have never been. You know, I've been to the White House FinTech Conference, uh, and things, uh, you know, who would have guessed me from a little town in Idaho, and I'd been bullied and was so shy, and uh, so, so I'm blessed. It was a great time. Sounds amazing. And if you need anybody to carry your bags into Buckingham Palace, you know, I'm, I'm not that far away. I can uh, drop. No, no, and... you'll come. You'll come. <laughs> You're already on the list. <laughs> that'd be that'd be fantastic. It'd be nice to meet you, actually, if you are over in the UK as well. Yeah. Um, so, so let's um, sort of moving on from that. Uh, um, uh, you know, it's it's amazing actually where your, your journey is, is taking you. But, um, you know, as for investors that, you know, you mentioned in the book that there's sort of three C's that they're seeking. And so what are those? Yeah. So the, the first one is coachability. So, you know, the first way you can really turn off people and kill your opportunity to get funded is to be a know-it-all, uh, and not listen. And, you know, it always takes a, a team, but, but that one boy, that one will get you booted out the door quicker than, than anything. So you need to be coachable uh, show that you can learn, that you can listen to input. Uh, the, the second one is your character. You know, it's like Kevin saying to me, go check this guy's character. 
Well, I've had investors say to me, the first time you get a sniff of an untruth, you know, run, don't walk to the door because you'll lose all your money. It's like flushing it down the toilet. So you're, you're, um, so that one is really important. Uh, and then the, the third one is confidence. And again, I've heard VCs say, if you can't figure out how to get to me, you can't figure out how to get a customer. Mm-hmm. And so you need to you know, show up at the party and have a level of confidence. And, and something that really helped me uh, when I became CEO of a public company, I'd you know, walk around the house going, I can't be the CEO of a public company. And my P- PR guy took me aside and he said, listen, I'm going to teach you a trick that I learned from a, a character actor. And uh, it was you walk around the room and you say, I'm perfect for the part. I'm perfect for the part. And if you realize that they need you as much as you need them, then it will help you with a, a level of confidence. And, uh, you know, never, never tell a lie. If you don't know, say, I don't know, I'll get back to you. So those are the three ones that are really critical. Uh, the great, great advice in there. And um, so, so you've, you mentioned talk about, you know, in terms of uh, finding the right kind of investors that you, you have to do your research. Yes. And, uh, investigate. And I guess, you know, maybe utilizing connections like uh, you have, but would you, would you be very much sort of targeting specifically uh, particular people who you think once you've done your research could be helpful to you? Do you, do you yeah. adopt a target approach? Is that- yeah. So, you know, what I tell people is, you know, educate yourself a bit. Einstein once said, if you're going to play the game, you better know the rules. Um, and, you know, first off, you usually start with your, your own money, your friends and family money. And then the next level is the angel investors. And then the next level is probably VCs, or it could be family offices, who now three-fourths of them are investing in early-stage deals. And they're kind of under the radar, more so than even VCs. But if you Google um, angel investors in London, family offices in London, you will come up with pages, usually, of of people that you can go meet with. And you can go to your local uh, business folks, university folks that deal with entrepreneurs and say, you know, I call it my 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 three golden questions. Uh, well, the the first thing is you you tell people a little bit about your project, what you're doing, and then you say, what other ideas do you have for me? And number two, who else do you know I should talk to? And and that is powerful. Those are easy asks, and yeah. and then you realize, for instance, there's a fellow in Salt Lake, Adam Slovic. He's done a billion dollar exit, heavy angel investor. He will go with any entrepreneur if they'll buy him lunch and spend two hours just talking through the business model, looking at stuff. And, um, you know, he he always says he learns and it's good for him to see the deals that are out there. And so, you know, the first people that you meet with, I always say you need to focus on building the relationship. You know, you don't go in and say, don't you want to give me a million dollars? People have got to know you, like you and trust you to fund you. Mm, Good, 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 good advice. Really good advice. So, uh, you, so you build that um, like and trust and rapport and uh, uh, b- beforehand. And what, what, um, what, what, you know, from in terms of seeking um, the uh, the funding, you really talk about there is a roadmap that, that you have to. And I think you started to, you know, uh, share with us that roadmap about you know identifying and connecting with people and developing a relationship and coming across as. Uh, as uh, as coachable but confident, and um, what are what are the stages do we need to be mindful of? Yeah, so you know, before you go um, pitch to an angel group, I would suggest that you find an entrepreneur who's been successful and pitch to them, so you get some practice. Uh, then try to find a, a local angel investor, family office, whatever, and and pitch to them so that you can hear what assumptions they're going to question, any barriers, anything like that that comes up. Uh, But one really critical thing is get the right story. And you have to have a good story behind that pitch deck. And the pitch deck is imperative, and so are the pro formas. And people will say to me, well, you know, my cousin Bill's an accountant. He did my pro formas. Well, that doesn't really cut it. Startup uh, pro formas are, are very different than others. So, you know, important to get that pitch deck, get the pro formas right, 
uh, get some practice with people, start building some of those relationships. And it really is pretty easy if you find, for instance, you have you know one of the most famous incubators in the world on fintech. At um, is it Canary Wharf? Mm-hmm. Yes, forty uh, seventh. 47 level. I mean, you go over there, there's, you know, one entire floor of entrepreneurs, people, and they would be happy to talk to you. In, in that uh, same, on that same floor is the, the, the Silk Road VC. Uh, she would be happy to talk to anybody. So, you know, part of it is just getting out of your comfort zone a little and realizing they need you, they want to see you, and just make some initial phone calls. You mentioned that, I mean, it- it's a, it, it's a whole new world for, for many people that you're articulating. And you, you mentioned a family office, for example, there. And uh, it's actually not, not until I started reading your book, it wasn't actually a term that I'd, I'd heard of before. Yeah. So, you know, so is that, I don't know if it's an American term. It's not one I've heard of, of over here. It may, may exist. But um, so what is, uh, what, what are the sort of the categories of investor that you, you could potentially approach? Well, you know, we've talked about friends and family, and we've talked a little bit about angels. And by the way, you can Google the New York Angel Group, which is arguably one of the best in the world. It has their entire application process, what they want to see in their pitch deck. Um, And you can Google family offices. Family offices is actually, actually, Chris, is a really uh, pretty old term that's, that's global. And I hadn't heard of them uh, probably until about 10, 10 years ago. I mean, I kind of knew they existed, but it's, you know, people like Bezos or Gates, and they have somebody that's managing their portfolio and their money. And many of them have allocated money for startups because they know that's where the biggest bang for the buck is. Uh, and so this is, a, you know, it's usually an accountant, a, a CFO, a portfolio manager, and they manage this family office. So in Salt Lake, there's a fellow named Christopher Kirkland. He manages five family offices, so the money for five people. So I can go to him and say, hey, I think this deal looks like one your group may be interested in. There's a group out of New York, and it has billionaires from all over the world. It's called the Opal Group, and I think there's a 1,000 billionaires in there. Um, and they're, you know, they're always looking for deals. And so, you know, family offices are, are important. So are corporate venture capitalists. And so almost every firm out there has their own VC arm. And they would like to get first dibs on new technology or something that would help them. There's a famous story about vitamin water who approached Coke. And Coke said, oh, you know, you're too young. You don't have enough revenues. Come back later. Well, they came back later, but Coke had to pay I don't know, it was something uh, close to a billion dollars for them. And the board went and said, you know, guys, you got to get further down. You need to look at earlier stage deals. So there's the corporate VCs. and There's actually more corporate venture capitalists than there are regular VCs. So there's no lack of money. Um, It's just looking at, um, you know, what makes sense for you. And part of that is how much money you need to raise and if you have a really good set of performers, uh, that will tell you exactly how much money you need to raise. So you said a, a set of perform, what, performers. Performers. What performers. So that's financials. It's yeah. uh, financials because usually when you're a young company, you're forecasting out in the future. And so uh, the best guy that I know that I work with is David Meister out of New York. And he was referred to me by the New York Angels. He works for VCs. So the New York Angels, when they see companies that, you know, they potentially like to invest in, but they've not done the good homework on the performance, they send them to him. And for, you know, 500 bucks, he will look through everything, spend a lot of time on assumptions. People will come to me and they'll say, oh, you know, I've got all of these. I've got my financials. Everything's in order. And I'll make them talk to David. And every time he will find one or two things and often many more things that need to be fixed because investors will focus heavily on the numbers. And you'll hear people say you had better know your numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So the so the numbers are very, 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 very important. What what else uh, besides the numbers are investors really looking for in terms of maybe your business model, perhaps? Yeah, so it's important, uh, you know, there's an old saying that, you know, they bet on the 
the uh, the jockey, not the the horse. And so it's the team that is the number one most important thing. Uh, so it's important to have a team that can execute. Now, if you're in a situation and you know people will come to me and they say, I've never done a startup before. They're not going to like my bio. One of the things that I help them do is find some really high-powered board members, uh, not board of director members, but advisory board members. Um, for instance, I helped get a, a director from Microsoft on a, a startup. Uh, that says volumes, and that helps package and position you. So it reduces the risk that the investor has, that, and they often say they need some adult supervision. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you find people that will add credibility and will really help, but they're going to look at your team. They're going to look carefully at your go-to-market strategy. You know, how are you going to make money? What is your business model? Um, and they'll drill down on, on all of those things. And they want to know what your competition is. You know, there's some key phrases that people will use that always points to me that they're um, amateurs. And one of them is, you know, I have no competition. <laughs> and if you don't <laughs> have any competition, there's no market. Or, you know, I'm going to get 1.5% of the Chinese market and our company is going to be worth $3 billion next year. Uh, <laughs> never going to happen, you know. <laughs> and, and so you, you, you have to be careful. And it's nice to be exuberant. But that's why I have people go meet with people so they can bring them down to earth a bit, get better reality. Yeah. And so they'll be more successful. Yeah. You must have seen some, uh, uh, some quite amazing pictures in your time. Yes. <laughs> 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 I recently, I'll just tell you, two days ago, a guy wrote to me on LinkedIn and said, uh, you know, we've got a cure for the tremor for Parkinson's disease. And, and you know, he's a high-end academic, got degree after degree after degree. And I wrote to him and gave him some advice. And I said, if you'd please just not use the word cure. And uh, he wrote back to me and actually wrote the definition of cure in the dictionary. Uh, to me, and I said, well, I can tell you how investors re define cure, snake oil, con man. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, you know, people get exuberant, they fall in love with their product, their service, which is great. Uh, but you have to have reality, because if you don't, then the investor's going, what are they going to do with my money? How will they spend my money? You know, is this clear thinking or muddled? Have they really done their homework? Yeah, so you're going to going to be able to see through things like that. So I guess it's, it's like you said there. You've got to understand, haven't you? How it how it works. Uh, yeah. How the game works. Yeah, yeah. It it really is, and but it's and that's one of the things that I did this book for is I wanted to demystify how this whole funding thing happens. And you know, most people think there's no not enough money out there. Uh, nobody will want to talk to them. Uh, and it, it's it's not true. So if you understand some of the facts, and then you you know about the different groups that have money, and then you've Googled and looked at a few groups, and then reached out. Another group you can reach out to is attorneys and accountants who deal with startups, and they will give you advice. Mm. Yes. So there's a there's a whole whole infrastructure and network. We just need to. We just need to understand that and then, uh, you know, start start talking to people and having conversations. And I think it was helpful there. You were also saying about practicing, uh, having people look through your numbers and, and challenge you, but also, uh, I suppose, going to some people who might, might enable you to practice your pitch beforehand before you really go for the big one. Yep, yep. Because you only have X amount of capital. I mean, if, if you blow it in front of a, an angel group, you're probably not going to get a second invite back. Uh, sometimes you will, but it would be better to make sure that what you're thinking and your assumptions, and then you will get that mindset of the investor weighing in on on what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, good advice. I'd like to go to commercial break now because after the break, I want to talk a bit about with you about some of the you know ideal behaviors that you you see people I know are looking at the founder, but they're also looking at the team as well. Uh, and uh, you know how to to really deliver that perfect pitch and and close the deal. So do join us at, after the break in just a couple of minutes. We will be back uh, with lots more wisdom from Judy.
the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Judy Robinette, and we're talking about about cracking the funding code. And I'm I'm interested, Judy. You, you talked a little bit about the characteristics of um, you know, of people who are looking for funding, um, but I, I know, and I've had been in conversations this week actually with uh, an organisation who who invests in a number of businesses, and we're talking about the different characteristics of the founders and the different cultures in those businesses, and uh, some of them are very attract very attractive, but some of them you know actually might be quite good to exit that founder fairly quickly uh, once um, the, the business has been totally bought. And, and I know the team's also really po- important. I remember having a consultancy myself and um, we were looking at an opportunity of, um, or asked to look at an opportunity around um, setting up a pub group in Australia. And uh, it was interesting that it was uh, a VC we were talking with and they said the only way we would um, we know, do this, we want a team like your team. So if, if you will all move over to Australia uh, and uh, every one of you uh, to, to make this happen, then we'll invest in that. Otherwise, um, I don't think it's something we're going to do. So it came as a complete not a surprise because we thought we were looking at a, a consultancy opportunity. Uh, and then we end up having conversations with our wives. Do we want to go to Australia and, <laughs> and things like that? So it never happened. But I know, you know investors are looking for the right team of people and the right, the right founder. So what sort of what can you share there? What, how do we need to be? Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned one of them and the, the most critical one is, uh, do you show that you can learn, that you can listen? Um, uh, you know, certainly don't be arrogant. I talk about the, you know, avoid the dark triads and uh, of, of bad behavior. And that's the narcissistic, the sociopaths <laughs> and uh, Machiavellian. And, you know, they're looking for character. I, I mean, that's one of the first things I get asked. People, Judy, go look at this deal. Tell me about the founder's character. And so you realize Oprah, one of her quotes that I love is, everything you do says who you are. Everything. Mm-hmm. And so with the, the founder, they're looking at, you know, can they really execute? What's the quality of the team that they've brought on? What's the quality of the advisors? You know, do they have a good law firm? Uh, that's another positioning tactic. I will have people hire, you know, the last two companies that I've worked with, I've had them hire Wilson Sosini. It's the top global law firm for startups. They can open doors besides, you know, help do contracts. But you want those service providers to back you up and it will help you with credibility. So, you know, really, um, they're they're looking for good character, people that don't, don't lie. It's, you know, have a little bit of humility, be able to say, I don't know, I'll get back to you. Um, so those things are, are really Im- important. And oftentimes, they won't see the team initially when you do a pitch, uh, but they will in due diligence. So in, in due diligence, and in the back of my book, there's actually due diligence sheets, or you can Google and find Lots of stuff on due diligence. Um, many angel groups now do background checks on all the team members. 
uh, and they will ask you, do you have anything in your past we should be aware of? And I know of an individual that wasn't quite truthful and didn't mention that uh, he'd had a bankruptcy, um, and, and they chose not to work with him. And it was because he just didn't tell the truth. They didn't care that he had gone through a bankruptcy. It's, if he's going to lie here, what else will he lie on? Hmm. I bet they look through your Facebook posts and yes, things like yep. that for yep. <laughs> years going back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, you've got to be, be, um, yeah, be, be honest. But also, I think that, uh, that, that wonderful quote that you just shared there from Opera, everything, everything you do says who you are, is uh, just one to be mindful with, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've known of, uh, so, so the angel groups typically have like an admin person that helps set things up. And they will go out and, you know, there's like four people waiting and they'll tell them their, their next turn. And there was one guy that was just a jerk. Um, they listened to his pitch, but they never moved forward. And it was because the person said to him, this guy's a jerk. And, you know, I often get in situations that the fellow I work with in Belgrade, you know, he took me to meet his wife for lunch and it's called the wife test. You know, let's, <laughs> let's see how they are as a, as a real human being here. You know, can they be honest? Um, because again, it's back to know you, like you, trust you. They want people they're going to enjoy working with. Yeah. Can you give us any any tips? You, you gave us a few, you know, a few thoughts around kind of business plan there. In terms, you've got to get your financials right and and a kind of model. And imagine, um, I was talking to an investor. I had, uh, had uh, something to eat in the Shard a, a few months ago with uh, with an investor who owns about forty one businesses or has a share in. And you know, he was always saying that he's looking for businesses with kind of recurrable income year on year. Yeah. Uh, you know uh, and. I, you know, I just wonder what's uh, any tilt or tips on you know the creating the plan and just that that really will attract those investors and then how do you really go and deliver that perfect pitch when that opportunity comes along? So one of the templates um, that I use is called the the Lean Startup uh, and it has it's just a one page template and in the middle it has a, like a big Christmas package with a bow on it that's your value proposition. On the left side, it's, you know, what jobs need to be done? Who could we use as strategic partners? On the right side are what are our costs? Uh, how are we going to reach the customers? What channels? What customer segments? And I usually have people start there and, and work through that process, which will take a, a while. And that's a really good grounding as you move forward with a business plan and I, th I think it was Roosevelt said you know plans are worthless but you've got to do them and the reason is you want to be really well studied on the competition you want to have gone out and looked at trends found information that is very very specific to your industry and you can reference that in your pitch. People are just really impressed if you say, you know, McKinsey just came out showing that our industry is growing at 21% annually. Uh, and so it's good to have that kind of information in your, your business plan, looking at the competition. The other one is your, your marketing strategy. So really important on that. And yes, investors would prefer to have recurring income. And I, I think there's been a, a lot of talk that uh, most businesses are going to be subscription-based, the ones that are really going to make money. Uh, somebody pointed out to me a Microsoft product sells for $9.95, you know, and they've become billionaires upon billionaires. And so make it so the pricing is easy for the, the customer to swallow. And then I'll tell you, the real kicker is that you have to have a customer. And so there's two reasons that a startup fails. And, and this comes from the Y Combinator founder. You know, number one is lack of a customer. Number two is lack of funding. And so if you've got a customer in any shape, way, or form, if you've gone to Walmart, if you've gone to whoever and have talked with them and they would consider working with you, if you have something like an LOI, if you can show some traction, that will really move you forward uh, because, you know, a lot of people have great ideas, but they, they don't make money at it, which means it's a hobby. Um, and you can early on test that. So I start with the Lean Canvas, and I can send that, put it in the, the show notes. Uh, that's really helpful. And then just working kind of through a regular business plan. And from that, you can distill down your pitch.
Mm. So we, we we reached the the day that we've been you know that we've been waiting for. We've uh, we've created we've created the uh, the sort of content that we need, and uh, we have uh, we've done our right research. We're in front of that one person that we absolutely want uh, to buy into us uh, our one company and do a deal with. Um, what's your sort of top number one? Perhaps you know, or two tips when you get in front of that person on that day. How do you best perform? Um, you know, probably the the most in, important thing is to realize you want the second date. Yeah. You know, the first date won't get you very far. You know, and and so focus on building the relationship with this person. You know, ask them. Uh, if you're talking about going and meeting just with a individual investor rather than like at an angel group or something like that. I was managing a panel actually and you get in a room and there's a a, a bit of a sea of faces looking at you and a bit like you see in the dragon's den or in the (laughs) shop and you've got got to nervously sort of walk into the room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't need to be, I mean, you'll be nervous, but kick fear to the curb. I mean, really kick fear to the curb. There's two words in Hebrew for fear and one of them is, you know, when I run to my cave with dark chocolate going, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. But the other one is that awe-inspiring where you feel like you've reached the next level. And that's why you walk around the room and say, I'm perfect for the, the part. And uh, so you have a level of confidence. Certainly thank people when you come on that you're uh, you're thankful or pleased or uh, grateful for the opportunity to be here. Um, and, and I would make sure that you get the story. So John Livesey is known as kind of the, the guru on pitch decks. And I've sent him companies that needed some help. They had a good pitch deck, but the story they were articulating wasn't quite there to, to grab those investors. And um, he's, he's an expert um, that helps you craft that story. And he will often have founders say, um, did you know that in anesthesiology, 93% of the blood uh, is wasted because they don't have the right device? And did you know or imagine this device? And then so it builds upon who you are, why you started the company, what that story is. And so that's an important thing. And um, his last name is L-I-V-E-S-A-Y. Um, and so a little company here in Idaho came to me, uh, their pitch deck was okay, but you know, I said, let's get John to help you craft how you're going to be presenting. And, uh, um, his pitch got him a million dollars from a family office on the first try. Well, works then. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so so it isn't help? just, you know, putting up your slides and going, this is my value proposition. This is our go to market. This is what, you know, it helps to craft a story behind that. What is the narrative behind that? And, and just, uh, I, mean, I just want to spend another uh, sort of minute on this because I want to just find out, you know, end and uh, also find out just a little bit more about um, uh, what you're doing with people. But, um, you, you know, you're in that sort of situation. How, how do you decide on the kind of deal, you know, and how do you close the deal? You, you know, you see negotiations going on. Well, I want X percent and, and then people having to trade up and give, give a higher percentage of the, how, how does that, how do you handle that piece? Well, you know, and, and people get really stumped and, and kind of greedy. Um, and you know, the hogs get slaughtered as they say. And in, in the United States, I, I think the valuation is now about 3 million for a, a startup company. So I'll have people come and say, I need $5 million. And I say, well, you just lost your entire company. Mm. Uh, and if so if you know, again, what uh, evaluation typically is, um, and at, at this point, it's not so much worrying about negotiations. So the thing is, you get somebody interested, uh, and then you leverage. Then you go to another angel group and say, we're in talks with this angel group. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, we would love for you to participate with us. And this works really, really well. So when I was with Golden Seeds, which is the third largest angel group in the world, uh, we syndicated with 120 other angel groups in early stage VCs. And so it's important to try to find a lead investor, somebody early on that will invest or will give you a term sheet. So you want to get that term sheet 
and you you want to have ongoing conversations with other people too because often what happens is the first person who was just so you know I've got to be in this deal and yada 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 at the end of the day that one doesn't work and then you hadn't talked to other people but if you've talked to other people uh, and they see there's interest from another group then it changes the dynamic like I don't want to lose out I better look at this deal yeah and, and the could, negotiations, um, honestly, if, if it's fair, so you'll get a term sheet. You will want to review that with an entrepreneur or startup attorneys and make sure that, you know, you don't at the end of the day when the company sold, you get nothing uh, because, you know, the investor got 2x times their money back when the company sells. And, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of things like that that you need to protect yourself. So you have something at the, the end of the day. Um, and by the time you get to that level, they're pretty serious about doing a deal with you. And so it's being realistic, understanding the numbers, uh, not being bullheaded. So often the valuation, if you pencil the numbers out, it doesn't matter a whole lot, whether it's, you know, 2 million or 3 million. Uh, it's more important that you get the money and you perform and you hit that first milestone. So kind of the ongoing thing with the angels is uh, that first first official professional money coming in is probably what you'll lose or you'll share 30% of equity with them. Now the next, you take that money and you hit a couple of those milestones. You hit your sales, you, you're expanding, you've got traction. Well, then your valuation has tripled, if not more. So then the next money you need costs you less. But that, that first one typically is about 30%. And if, if somebody wants more than that, you don't want to do a deal with them. I mean, when I was with Golden Seeds, we would say, we don't want more than that because we want the team incentivized to stay. Yeah. You know, if we're going to yeah. own the majority of it or have the opportunity, and, you know, that's really demotivating to a team that's worked their butt off. Uh, and so, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a give and take, but, you know, often people will do it. And again, if you've positioned yourself well and you look like one of these deals they can't miss out on, um, you'll get um, you'll get lower. You don't have to, you know, share thirty percent. Part of it depends on how much money you need and where you are and what your traction level is. Fantastic, Judy. I've got to end us there. I'm, I'm really sorry. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you again. And, uh, and again, going to back to that quote: "Everything you do says who you are." Every time I talk to you, uh, it's a fantastic experience. So thanks for being on the show again. Thank you. I really enjoyed it, and I will see you in London, hopefully at Buckingham Palace. Well, that would be amazing. So uh, to find out more about Judy Robinette, go to uh, judyrobinette.com. That's uh, Robinette is R-O-B-I-N-E-T-T.com. And also uh, go and get this book, um, Cracking the Funding Code. You can uh, access um, it and uh, various uh, um, free pieces, and that will help you with this process as well, at www.crackthefundingcode.com. That's www.crackthefundingcode.com. On next week's show, we have Rolene Boxham from the Netherlands. Um, she she's, has a company called Presence at Work. We're going to talk about collective and systemic leadership and a really powerful methodology to help you understand your leadership style. So a, a huge thank you again to uh, Judy. Also, thank you to my friend Wendy Keller, who introduced uh, Judy back to me again um, to do this interview. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And I wish you all well. Do get in touch with me, Chris, at chriscooper.co.uk. Any questions, thoughts uh, on this show? And if, if uh, I'll also share them with Judy if they're um, uh, worth and they're good to share as well. So thank you all, and thanks again, Judy. Thank you. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.